Welcome to everyone. We're going to carry on here with what we've been doing here, and that is the message to the reader from our 47 translators. Uh, we've been uh, going through the trial that gives us the authority here to know that the only translation in English is the King James 1611. The rest are all compromised, and specifically through the Alexandrian school of thought there in Egypt, the Plato, Ptolemy school of thought, the, the Egyptian mystery school is what we are up against, and how the apostles underground church and all the martyrs and all the people that were killed for translating, for scribing, they would absolutely get killed, burned at the stake for translating. This war never went away. We've been over that. Okay, so we're going to carry on in the sixth page of the intro to the reader. There on the uh, sixth page of 10, we went through the fact that Pope Pius wanted, and, and again, this is not the translation that the apostles spread across the earth. This is the compromised uh, Alexandrian Recepticus. This is the uh, Sinaiticus Recepticus and the Vaticanus Recepticus. This is not the Great Gathering doctrine. That was completely different than what we're talking about. But with our Latin translation through origin, Pope Pius would make everyone get a license in writing. So your your bishop or your person that was over your end of the Catholic Church would ask for a license to put it in what they called the vulgar language, which meant the simple language that people could understand in their language. Then Pope Clement came along and he just denied it. So it never got done. It never got done. They never allowed anyone to have an English version until 1581 to 85. Okay, so as we get to page 6 of 10, we see that. Pope Pius and his license, and then you deny the license. And that technique is used today in a lot of things. Uh, apply for a license, we deny the license. It's easy. Okay, but there's a, a one guy on the uh, Protestant side named Tertullian, uh, and he, in, in, in this intro, he's complaining about granting, uh, they're, they're afraid to grant the scripture to the common folks. And then the uh, 47 translators, they go into all these parables on that uh, subject. Uh, it's kind of dry. Um, it, they uh, go through the, the parable of the gold to the touchstone and then uh, the merchant that's afraid of having just weights. And they um, pull all that together in page six and say, well, see, this is part of the deception. They're, they're, they're saying by not allowing this to go to English, it's nothing but a deception. And they go on and uh, they talk about translation some more. And uh, they have more parables uh, of the, the, the people of the church that are little C deceived. Uh, there's, please mute that phone for me out there, whoever. The parables of the church deception. And they have the sweet bread mingled with leaven uh, parable and the silver and the dross and the nurse that exposes her breast. Um, to, and uh, those are all parables of this uh, church that's deceived. Um, they're claiming that the people that are denying this into English are the enemies of God and they're mockers. Then they go into... Uh, they talk about Nehemiah, go back into Nehemiah. They had a lot of knowledge here. Uh, these parables they used, you can tell how much knowledge they really had. They go back into Nehemiah 3, verses 4, and they compare that to this uh, deception. 
So, and they mock. They say, why give the scripture to the common folk? And they're talking about not just the Catholics, but the Alexandrian school of blasphemy there uh, that was a great attack on all of us uh, to keep us from having our English version. Uh, and then they, they, the Catholic again came back and they said, well, uh, if someone's going to put it into English, we're the ones to do it. We're the ones with the skills. And we have the learning that no one else does. And that even uh, Jerome backed that up. And he, um, see, they already had their Latin translation out. They had their, uh, when this was done, there was already these Antichrist Bibles out. And Jerome's translation, the uh, Latin Vulgate, they call it, uh, into English was, again, we went over the fact they had the uh, Book of Revelations pulled out. They had an occult doctrine put in place there, and they knew that in 1585 they couldn't do that. If they tried to pull the Book of Revelations in the Book of James out and replace it with the Gnostic Gospel, that they would be in trouble. Uh, but you see, here comes here comes this King James Version. And not only did we step on that with the King James Version, we stepped on any... Uh, um, that the Council of Trent, see, that was the big en en enemy that tried to uh, destroy the doctrine. So when we put the stamp on this, it was against the Council of Trent. And they were 13 witches, a coven of witches in high places. Uh, and uh, they were there. And they were from the Ptolemy School of Thought in Egypt. The Council of Trent, well paid for. Okay, and then we go on here in uh, the 6 of 10. It says, uh, by the translators, we're not uh, trying to override the people that came before us that were in Greek and that were in Hebrew. We're working off of their foundation uh, with our knowledge of the tongues to get it into English. So there's no, we're not saying we're better than our people that came before us. Okay, so they go into that really dry writing. Uh, and, and their goal, they say, is to benefit God's real church. Um, and there's an argument about the gathering. Okay. The gathering being the uh, gathering of all the uh, manuscripts that started in 1500. And they were the manuscripts that the apostles spread around the earth, every language. Those, those, that's the gathering. And here, the powers that be from the Jerome side, they're, they're condemning that gathering for whatever their purposes are. They're mocking that. And uh, now the translators, uh, they uh, talk about powers that be. They talk about Queen Elizabeth and uh, this Henry's and uh, King Edward's and how they get used to... Uh, ordain this spreading of the whatever doctrine. It takes these type of powers, according to them, to go ahead and get this job done, like King James who put his stamp on this. Now, before we can say and believe everything that was said about King James, let's, does everybody know he wrote a book before he died? Or he had someone write a book? Now, that don't mean that book's true. Because these muckety-mucks they want to leave an image to the public in there. So I'm not saying it's true. I'm not saying it's not true. But he wrote a book to his son before he died. Now, I think everyone ought to examine that before they throw him under the bus here with the rest of his occult family here. And they were surely a cult. All these kings and potentates we're talking about were in the mysteries. Every one of them. Into witchcraft. Queen Elizabeth. Her counselor was John Dee, the great wizard. Now, I don't have to say any more. Everybody knows about John Dee. He was an alchemist, right? An astrologer, right? He believed in contacting fallen angels, right? Okay. He was pure occultism. He wrote a book on the numbers. He had a book he wrote on uh, Enochian magic. He's a magic, a wizard. His family was involved in it. 
According to King James's book that he wrote on his deathbed, that was all an abomination to him. And sodomy was an abomination to him. And this was to his son. Okay. All right. I don't know if all that's true or if that's a mythology he was creating for himself. No idea. But there they are. And they're talking about these powers that be. Okay. And then they go into this Aristotle. Okay. And they, uh, there's this uh, Aristotle is renowned in this Ptolemy school of thought. The ones that are trying to destroy the Bible. And they use parables. Uh, they use a parable about musicians and, uh, it, you know, you, this one generation is, uh, writes a song and then the next generation gets taught and that's, we build off of that. Uh, you're building off the foundation that came before you and they're relating that to this translation into English. Uh, they have a, uh, a parable about Aristotle. They have a parable about Ptolemy, Philadelphia. Uh, and St. Augustine. Uh, and they have a, which I thought was kind of uh, cute. It says, <laughs> a man had rather be with his dog than with a stranger. And, <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you, I'd rather be with my dog than a lot of people I know. But what they're talking about is strange tongues. If you're babbling, what, you know, what's the difference in that and a dog barking? Translation being all important. And he, what they're claiming that uh, instead of being uh, challenged is the fact that they're going back into the Hebrew and back into the Greek, that the fathers would be happy with them and would be thanking uh, them for doing this translation and building off their foundations, everybody. And they give some more parables on that. Uh, a lot of that's pretty dry. Uh, but uh, in the parables, they use the similitude language that's in the King James. And you can tell how much of, they loved the Bible as they're saying this. Uh, they're talking about uh, uh, this. There's an Aquila translation that was done out of the Latin there with the Catholic Church. and they were talking about how they went over that. Well, it wasn't a bad translation. It was a good translation of a bad doctrine. And I go back to the Vaticanus Recepticus. I go back to the Sinaiticus Recepticus and the, the uh, Alexandria Recepticus, which were all perverted, horrible, Gnostic, messed up. None of the three agreed with each other. However, this Aquila did a good translation of a bad doctrine. So there it is. And uh, they're talking about how they went over that and over to make sure it was right. Jerome in the game. Uh, they're talking about the uh, Aristotle's books themselves here. And they were translated seven times over. They call that Aristotle ethics. So, you see in the dialectics here between Catholic and Protestant, which I've explained that that is complete bunk. It is complete bunk. Uh, starting their wars, both sides, on both sides, people were in the mystery school. And the fact is that when it comes to the 47 translators, were some of them Catholic? Anybody know? At the table? Yeah. <laughs> you know how I know? From the notes <clears throat> in this first, from the notes uh, uh, before each chapter. I can tell by their language and the things they say. It's very clear that some of the people that loved the word were Catholic here. And so it wasn't a Catholic versus Protestant thing totally. It's it's a more of a battle, a war between book learning and book burning. Which did you want? You want to be like Hitler and burn books? Or would you like to be like the knowledgeable people that, want, that love the word in English? That's 
the battle here. And I can't emphasize enough how people were killed that wanted to translate. This battle went on. Again, we go back. We go all the way back to the prophets themselves being barbecued. That's way before there was a Catholic church. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And you go into the time of the Maccabees, and there they are. Antiochus, the Greek king, if he caught you with the doctrine, you were hung out on a tree, and the book was burned. That's over and over in the time of the Maccabees. So you had the uh, people translating the Essenes on the edge of town, and the people there in Jerusalem with the Kabbalah, the Talmud, and the Zohar. Raw Satanism was there inside Jerusalem. And how do I know that? Because the Dead Sea Scrolls, they, they had everything they did all day. They would plant, some would garden, they'd take a bat and they'd go in and scribe. They scribed the whole Bible, the complete book of Isaiah, a thousand years older than any document we had. See, all that wasn't done there in Jerusalem. Again, we read what Christ said. Woe unto you scribes, you Pharisees, hypocrites, he said. We read it last week. Why was he saying that? Because they are not of the right doctrine. Doctrine is all important. What doctrine? are you translating? And who are you working for? Are you going to work for the people that, like Antiochus, that want to destroy the word? Or are you going to work for all us common folks that want to feed on the milk of the word? That being said, I got to obey my uh, handlers here and read First Timothy chapter 4. If everybody's there, we're going to see what Paul says. There's some prophecies here about all this. Uh, next week uh, on that, we will pick up with, on the page 7 of 10 there. we uh, When it comes to the uh, translator's letter to the reader. But here we are, if everybody's there in First Timothy. There's some heavy-duty stuff here. It says, in First Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, it says, Now the Spirit, capital S, speaketh expressly that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. Seducing spirits. That's the fallen angels, folks, and all the cronies. Notice they have a doctrine here. And if you examine uh, occult doctrines, you see how they kind of mingle in little pieces of, of, of our scripture. Little words to mask what they're saying and doing. Trying to muddy the water up. Notice they have a doctrine. And it's not the devil's doctrine of devils, plural. And that's the attack just like the days of Noah. When the fallen angels, the Nephilim, the Rephium, are here perverting the world. When he says latter times, he's talking about today, folks. That's what he's talking about. Let's, let's be serious. So what about these doctrines of devils seducing spirits? This doctrine are into, it says, speaking lies in hypocrisy, having their conscience seared with a hot iron. Okay. Forbidding to marry. Commanding to abstain from meats, which God hath created to be received with thanksgiving of them which believe and know the truth. The truth. Okay, forbidding to marry. That's the destruction of the family, isn't it? Doesn't family have to do with marriage? And then this abstaining from meats, we went through this. You're, you're, you're being forced away from meats. 
by the powers that be in the world government. They have a, a future for what you're going to eat. Okay? And it ain't any of the meats that you're used to eating. I don't care whether it's fish. I don't, I don't No, you're not going to get that. You're going to get the Bill Gates, IBM, genetically modified. <laughs> yeah, it's horrifying. <clears throat> What uh, it, it, as you as you look at it and you start to examine it, how horrible this is, and here they are at the Devos group saying that's what we're going to have to eat. All right, and then this uh, forbidding to marry. There, uh, you can't have kids. You, uh, they've really made a mockery with their divorce here in the last days, and we were told that that divorce would just run rampant in the last days. Okay, but he makes a statement about eating. And this, for anybody that says that you can't eat pig meat or whatever, listen to what Paul says here. For every creature of God is good and nothing to be refused if it be received with thanksgiving. So you eat and you thank God for it and you're not going to hell because you eat pig meat or anything, anything like that. You stay away from bloody meat, yes. You don't eat blood, and that's very unhealthy, but uh, you're not going to hell for what goes in your mouth. You're going to hell for what came out of your mouth. Okay, that's what Christ taught. He said, hey, listen up, all of you. There's nothing goes in the mouth that defiles the person. It's what comes out of their mouth. All right. For it is sanctified, that's the food, by the word of God and prayer. So here you're spiritually okay with God. You can eat what you want. If thou put the brethren in remembrance of these things, thou shalt be a good minister of Jesus Christ, nourished by the words of faith and of good doctrine, whereunto thou hast attained. Okay, see, there's the good doctrine. And where do we get the good doctrine? Right here in the King James. You got another Bible version other than King James. You don't have a Bible. You have a perverted Bible that came from the Ptolemy school of blasphemy. The Plato, Aristotle, Alexandria, known for the occult. In other words, over the years, I've heard about this school over and over, not for Bible translating but for translating of the uh, satanic doctrines. They're philosophers there <laughs> in their great library there. And uh, it's well-renowned with the occultists of the world. Uh, even here with the uh, uh, ordaining the Red Sea. See, we had that ritual last year, right on the timetable of Satan. We went to the Red Sea and we... Had a big, big muckety-muck gathering of all the different faiths, and we were there by the Red Sea. And one year later, here, what comes? All the chaos in the Red Sea. That's the bad doctrine. The good doctrine he's talking about here is the King James, period. The rest of them all came out of the Vaticanus Recepticus. Totally different. Total different path. None of them were there at the great gathering. We had the, the 5,000 Bibles from around the world. Okay. The good doctrine whereunto thou hast attained, and by spreading this uh, out here, uh, giving the prophecy, talking about eating, we're doing good. All right. But listen to this. But refuse profane and old wives' to fables and exercise thyself rather unto godliness. Okay, because those old fables, let's say the Osirian cycle, they don't have to be true at all. They are there to teach the initiate. I'm the sorcerer. I use the doctrine, the fables, to teach you. Or if I go to the ritual, we have the play act. And that play act will be a fable. Uh, ISIS will come rowing the corpse across the, 
you know, and all of that is a teaching tool for me as a sorcerer. I may want you to believe in this God, and I may want you to completely forget gods for now. See, I'm the sorcerer, I'm in control, and I use wives' tales to control my initiates, period. And then I pick who I want, who I think will further our enterprise in Satanism. Okay. It says an eight here. It says for bodily exercise, profiteth little. Okay. And that term, according to the translators, means for a short while. <laughs> because your flesh ain't going to last forever here, is it? No matter how much you exercise. But anyway, for bodily exercise, profiteth little. But godliness is profitable unto all things. Having promise of the life that now is and of the that which is to come. Okay, see, that, that'll last forever. So we uh, exercise our body, yes, to try to stay in shape, yes. But on the other hand, the uh, exercise of the mind and spirit that we're doing, that will go with us into the next world. It says in nine, this is a faithful saying and worthy of all ex ex exceptions. Exceptions. Acceptation. It's acceptation. In other words, it's accepted. For therefore, we both labor and suffer reproach because we trust in the living God who is the Savior, capital S, of all men, especially of those that believe. Okay? Notice here, you're suffering reproach, and that has not changed. You can go up here to one of your fake family faith and fun centers all you want to. You can go into a temple and say a thousand Hail Marys. You can do all that. But you start to stick to the King James, you better be ready to fight. That's why we're giving people the ammunition they need to defend their King James here with this intro to our Bible. And what everyone here at the table has learned over the years about this translation and why it is such a treasure. It's the real translation. So uh, you've got to be ready to fight out here. In 11, it says, these things command and teach. Let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believers in word, in conversation, in charity, that is chario, that is spirit, it's agape spirit, it's translated charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. And Paul says, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. See what I mean? That's the trouble. By doing this perverted stuff where we put everything in Latin, even though it was a fake Bible, but it was still in Latin, and we had to have the scholar to give it to us, the preacher, because no one could read Latin. See? So that's what the translators are saying here. Look, we're, we're putting it in English so, so they can do this. Reading. You know, it's a commandment to read your Bible to be saved. But that ain't what they've done out here in these temples. You have idolatry. Why? Because the temple itself is an idol. It's based on Baal worship. And then you have images. Everything from the statuary in there to the pillars to the steps leading up to the altar. God said, have no steps. Have no bricks. All that. All that didn't come from the law of Moses. It came from Baal worship. So we went from word-based salvation to image-based salvation. You go in the temple, you look around. Oh, look at the nice pillars. Look at the big statue of Jesus there on the cross. Or he looks a little spindly, and he's got an upside-down cross up behind him, and uh, all of it basically is old um, riddles in stone that the occultists used, and they changed the name of it, and it's now 
Christian. But we're taught to never have any art. No art. God commanded us to not make any art for him. Period. Okay? But we went from word-based reading to this visual temple and being stupid. And that hasn't changed. Okay, 14. Neglect not the gift that is in thee, which was given thee by prophecy, with the laying on of the hands of Presbytery, okay, capital P. Now, what is the laying on of hands? And what is the dunking in the water? That's the gift of getting the Holy Ghost. That's, that's what it is. The gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the whole idea of laying on of hands. Okay, what about this now? We have it in English and all that. It says, med meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy... Profiting may appear to all. Okay, 16, take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine. Continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt save thyself and them that hear thee. And the doctrine is the written word. Go to 119 in Psalms. It's called the doctrine chapter, or that's what we call it here. Go to 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy. And go to chapter three. Chapter three. Uh, as we move on here. See this uh, battle over the doctrine didn't end there. In 1611, they circled around the Council of Trent, circled around, and they tried to destroy it. And uh, that goes on to this very day. And here, Paul's going to talk about it here in chapter 3 in Second Timothy. It says, This know also that in the last days, that's the day, folks, Perilous times shall come. For men shall be lovers of their own selves. Covetous. Boasters. Proud. Blasphemers. Disobedient to parents. Unthankful. And unholy. Three, it says, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, petty, high-minded, Lovers of pleasures more than lovers of God, having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. From such, turn away. Okay, does anybody see things like this out here in the world today? Everywhere. Okay, we have one of the table people say everywhere. Okay, so here we go. In six, it says, for of this sort are they which creep into houses and lead captive silly women laden with sins, led away with diverse lusts. Okay. Ever learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. Okay. See, that's the trouble with the spoiled doctrines out here. And that's why I said uh, that um, there's a wisdom that comes in the occult. And they claim that you're going to be wiser as you go up in degrees. But what the initiate does not know as they're seeking these secret wisdoms is that they're getting dumber with each degree. Yes, they gain in some of the occult doctrine, but they also lose a lot. They lose their conscience. They, they lose their ability to know the truth. 
So here they are on this quest that never ends, and they never come to the truth. And notice here the uh, diverse lusts. Okay, so that's a lot of different things. Now in eight here, folks, we have something that comes straight out of Jaser. It says, now as Janus and Jambres withstood Moses, so do these also resist the truth. Men of com corrupt minds reprobate concerning the faith. Okay. Who's Janus and Jambres? Does everybody know who that is? Okay, those are the two sons of Balium, the sorcerer. The high-level world government sorcerer that's in the book of Jaser, and he's here in the Bible. He's here in the Old Testament. He had brothers. He had, uh, let's see, he had eight brothers. So there was nine of them all together. All of them were there in Egypt. And this, when it comes to this battle, these are the two sons of Balium, and they were sorcerers. And they withstood Moses, and he got this. Paul got this out of the book of Jaser. All right? That's just, that's a slam dunk and hang on the rim for a while. That came right out of the book of Jaser. It says in 9, but they shall proceed no further. For their folly shall be manifest unto all men, as theirs also was. Okay? So what, what's he telling you? The people here that are on the inside, Pushing against our doctrine. And I go back to this Ptolemy school I'm a, that these translators are talking about, that we have been exposing, that Madame Blavatsky, the famous occult witch that was put there by MI5 to introduce occultism to the world and to the United States. And she was a writer for... Um, time <laughs> on top of everything mi5 uh, witchcraft uh, uh she was great cabalist um she was introducing witchcraft making it normalized in in the united states she loved the school of ptolemy she did so they're gonna lose and the people that know, that have been in their doctrine, they're going to know who these people are. I mean, it doesn't take a lot to realize that uh, Dr. Jeremiah is a turncoat or that Pastor Mike up here at the Family Faith and Fraud Center is a, a, a witch behind closed doors. Look at his hand signals. Look at his pyramids. Look at his steps leading up to the altar. It takes a lot of practice to be able to talk and do the occult hand gestures that they do. Billy Graham did them. He was a 33rd degree Mason. Um, they're all a bunch of turncoats. And if you have the truth in you, if you have the Holy Ghost in you, you can see the, you can smell them a mile away, can't you? I mean, if you never read the Bible, did you think Ernest Ainsley was real? Did you? Is anybody out there stupid enough that when they saw Ernest Ainsley and that babbling that he did, that they believed that was real as fake? hairdo and everything else, and his wife's named Angel Ainsley? You think Dr. Jeremiah, you think that's his real name? Do you think Joseph Prince, you think that's his real name? The guy that they ordained and he had on his T-shirt as he went into the temple there in Singapore, he had a T-shirt on and said, it's not my fault. You spread your legs. And just like that, the old bishop stands up there and says, he's going to speak to me. He's a queer. He's a queer. And he's an occultist. And he's never used the King James ever. Ever. Can't you smell a rat? Because the Holy Ghost gives you that. But you've got to be doing your part in, in the doctrine. And if you don't, you can read, you can write. You've been uh, educated. You have no excuse. And even if you couldn't read and write, you could get on here and log on and listen to it being read to you here. Or we have CDs that we pass out. Okay. It says, but they shall proceed no further, for their folly shall be manifest unto all men 
as theirs also was. He's talking about Janus and Jambres, the two sorcerers. It says here, but thou hast fully known my doctrine, manner of life, purpose, faith, long-suffering, charity, patience, persecutions, afflictions, which came unto me at Antioch, at Iconium, at Lystra, what persecutions I endured. But out of them all the Lord delivered me, and he'll do that for us today. Yea, and all that will live godly in Jesus Christ shall suffer persecution. Did you just hear that? Where's the gospel of fluff in that? Let me read that again. Yea, and all that will live godly in Jesus Christ shall suffer persecution. But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. There it is. You're living in the middle of this 13, verse 13 here. This is this right here is on steroids right now. 14, and now he's got instructions. But continue thou in these things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of, knowing of whom thou hast learned them. And that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, that's the babes in the Scripture, capital S, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Jesus Christ. That's a mouthful. Notice you're a babe, you're in the Scriptures, you're standing to the doctrine. The doctrine in the Scriptures, that's the same. It's a written word. 16, all scripture, capital S, is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. And on I go. Into four, it says, I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead. Okay, uh, I missed 17 there. It says that the man of God may be perfect through thoroughly furnished unto all good works. By what? By the doctrine. Thank you. Okay, I charge thee, therefore, before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who shall judge the quick and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom. Okay, notice those are all one. The quick. The quick is what? The quickening is the gift of the Holy Ghost. You're quickened. It's like another word for translated. When you gain the Holy Ghost, when we lay those hands on it, you get the Holy Ghost, you're quickened. And the other is this dead. They're going to be judged. The double dead are going to be judged, and that's the majority of everybody. It's a very narrow door, a very narrow way. And here's the dead, so you're going to get a judgment. Which side do you want to be? You want to be here with the sheep, or do you want to be over there with the goats? The right versus the left. That's it. It's the judgment day. And when is that? At his appearing. Notice there's no sneaky snake coming in and stealing the church out and all that garbage that came from Jerome. Uh, it came from the uh, uh, Darby School of Thought, and the Darby School of Thought is connected directly back here to this Nasty old Ptolemy school. There's his second coming and the importance of it. It says here, preach the word, be instant in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. There it is again, the importance of the written word. For the time will come when they those are the bad guys now, will not endure sound doctrine. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. <laughs> Folks, do I have to go into that? I can just keep moving, right? Everybody sees that all around with a Joseph Prince, with a Dr. Jeremiah, with a Billy. Do you see what I'm saying? They want these fluffy church preachers. 
Now, this is your Bible. I have what it says I have. Right? Isn't that what they want? The majority of people? Or are they going to get in here and read? For it says, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and shall be turned unto fables. What did I tell you about the fables? And it's the power of the lie out here today at work with the technology that they can make up stuff and put it on there. And you can't believe your eyes and you can't believe your ears. You got to double, triple check everything and compare it to your Bible. So you have the advantage because you have the doctrine, the real doctrine. So they're turning their ears away. And the theologians are guilty, 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 guilty. I won't get started here. Okay on those theologians because they are doing the work of the Alexandrian Egyptian school of Babylon. That's what they're doing. Fake Christians. In five, it says, but watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered. And the time of my departure is at hand. You hear that? Where's he going to get this at? Is it there in Egypt? Is it down in Africa that they're going to get him for preaching? Is it when he uh, goes to Babylon? No, he's going to go back to Jerusalem. The Jews are going to do it to him. That's his departure. That's his being tortured to death. Who did it? His own kindred did it to him. What does he say here? I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. Henceforth there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord hath but the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day. That's the day of the Lord back here that we just talked about. And not to me only, but unto them also that love his appearing. Love is appearing. Do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. For Demas hath forsaken me having loved this present world and is departed unto Thessalonia. Precerns to Galatia, Titus unto Dalmatia. Okay, listen to this now. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. Okay, only Luke, and Luke was the great physician. Luke traveled with him there in the book of Acts, and Luke wrote the gospel of Luke. He had the ring of Caesar, and he wrote Acts, and he wrote the gospel of Luke. And here he is. And try... Thank you. Thank you, Chris. Tychicus have I sent to Ephesus, the cloak that I left in Troyes with Carpus, with thou, when thou comest, bring with thee, but especially the parchments. Okay, now listen to this. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his works. Okay, and what's he doing? He's praying against this person. Of whom be thou aware. So you've got to be aware of him. Also, be aware of him. For he hath greatly withstood our words. So he's a, he's a very sneaky, snaky occultist there, Mr. Alexander the coppersmith. And my first answer, no man stood with me, but all men forsook me. Pray God that it may not be laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known. And that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. 
and the Lord shall deliver me from every evil work and will preserve me unto his heavenly kingdom. That's the new Jerusalem. To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Salute Priscilla and Aquila and the household of Onesiphorus. When he Estrus abode at Corneth, but Trophimus have I left at Militum sick. Do thy do thy diligence to come before winter. Embolus readeth thee, and Pudens, and Linus, and Claudia, and all the brethren. Twenty-two. The Lord Jesus Christ be with thy with thy spirit. Grace be with you. Amen. Okay, and then we got a note here with a new paragraph mark. It says the second epistle unto Timothy ordained the first bishop of the church of the Ephesians was written from Rome when Paul was brought before Nero the second time. Did you did now you see here why he says I'm gonna die? Does everybody know who Nero was? Nero is the uh, bloodlines of the Caesars and he was a bloodthirsty monster. He would dress up as a uh, he would dress up as a uh, wolf and strap Christian kids down. He's well known for it. And, and they're doctors. They brag about it. He'd come in with these claws and blood would go everywhere. Nero. And his bloodline is the Hotspurs. And where do we know the Hotspurs from? Ah, oh, Hotspurs were there with the Catholic Church and with the Protestants. Right there, the Hotspurs. They financed the Catholics. They financed the Protestants. They financed Martin Luther. The double-headed eagle was their symbol, the European monsters, the Habsburgs. And here is their ancestor, Nero, and it's no wonder that he thought he was gonna die, because this was one bloodthirsty son of a bitch. And if that term offends you, you better grow up, because that's what he is. That's what he is. Sometimes foul things need foul words, and this monster was foul, and all like him, okay? That's just the bottom line. But he found out when he went there, God told him, no, you're not gonna get here. You're gonna be defended from this monster. You're gonna go back to Jerusalem, and that's where you're gonna die, by the hands of your brothers, by the hands of the Jews. How about that? Not the simple folk. I'm talking about the muckety-mucks, the people in the temple, the Pharisees, the scribes. Those guys are the ones going to put him to death. The people that are connected back here to the school of Ptolemy. Alexandria School. Madame Blavatsky School. The school that we've been fighting, the school that put out your NIV for you. One that translated the, the Mormon's Bible gave him that from the Vaticanus Receptus, from the Alexandrius Recepticus. None of them agree. They've all been changed so many times. And here the translator said when this door was open that everybody started making translations of this Cyanatic Receptus. They dug out of the trash can, they said. And everybody just started going crazy, adding to it, putting their commentary in there, uh, just perverting it. And this is where you got this barrage. There's 200 some odd Bible versions. And in English, there is uh, 909, uh, 199 out of the 200 are from the school of Ptolemy. There's only one translation into English. You don't need another. This Bible's perfect here. Bible's perfect. Now, we uh, are going to have some tests come up. If you have a 5G phone, there is a mode on there we're told to turn off the 5G. We are going to test that and have the results for you. Also, we got the TARP that is will 
get rid of radiation. You can you can block off anything that's emitting radiation, and we are going to test that. Uh, again, get your Faraday cage. It doesn't hurt the reception. Get your rocks that I'm using right here. Shungite rocks absorb radiation, and don't allow these monsters to radiate us to death. Um, the uh, Faraday cages, there are different companies. It's not hard to uh, look up. It, they work and protect yourself out there so you can stay healthy in this. Does anybody have anything here from the table? We got something from Mr. Midget. We were reading there about marriage. Now, the world government, the UN, and all other governments have already made a mockery of uh, marriage with this gay marriage. <clears throat> also, you see it in a lot of churches. <clears throat> the Methodist church supposedly split over it, and other churches are accepting it. In fact, right here in the United States, I, they legalize gay marriage. And I heard the Pope uh, the other day saying that they can be blessed, the gays can be blessed with a union, but not with marriage. Now that's double speak. What does he really mean there? We're going to bless their union, but we're not going to let them marry. It's double speak. We're not going to let them marry yet. But it's all a mockery. It's all destroying all the morals here. That's my comment. No, they have uh, fulfilled that prophecy that Christ gave, and that it would be like the days of Noah that they'd be given in marriage. And uh, that is a prophecy about divorce. And that, and like I said, when they're forbidding to marry, they're forbidding family. And you're seeing that here in the world today. Anybody else from the table got anything? No? How about phone land? Is there anybody out there that would like to speak on this or any other subject? We are moving ahead now, and we'll start with 7 to 10. Uh, we made it down to the uh, Aristotle books that were translated seven times gone over so that what they're telling you you people in the Ptolemy school you go with Aristotle and his was uh, translated seven times over and over we have more documents of the King James here than any old doc any any old document we just do there is now close to 70,000 manuscripts verifying our King James okay so that's what we're going to pick up. I was uh, instructed to keep the pace that I'm going here so that we don't we don't leave any stones unturned. We're not going to get in a hurry. Um, so we'll try to uh, pick up right there next week. Is there any more questions on any of this that we have? Anybody here from the table? All right, folks. Everybody knows the ram and the he-goat's going crazy over there. Like we told everybody, notice that... Uh, the uh, religions of the world came out to the Red Sea, like I'm talking about, on an occult holiday and symbolically did the ceremony at the Red Sea. Now the world in this Ram and the Higo is all coming together. This war, oh my. And uh, they're going to clamp down on our energy, make it harder to go, clamp down on our food. We're in a battle, folks. But again, by leaning on the Lord here, as Paul just said here, notice how, how much guts he had when he's going before <laughs> a world leader, Nero, who was a bloodthirsty, <clears throat> I'll control myself, individual. And now the guts he had here. I fought the good fight. I've run the good race. <laughs> he was stoned to death. He was beat. By the dues, they took that, they gave him 39 stripes. They drug him out one day and stoned him to death. And the saints prayed. And he and he lived through it. I'll bet that was one sore individual, probably, getting stoned to death. It was a tough, tough, tough way to go, man. Uh, we went through the, uh, there was Stephen. And it, we identified, they called themselves the Libertines, where Stephen was there scolding them. And it was this same Alexandria school here 
that caused him to get stoned. Now, Paul was involved with that. So when he turned over to our side, to the good guys team, he got persecuted. He really did. Um, they tried to assassinate him. The, the Jews tried to assassinate him how many times? It was just over and over and over. They went right to the, <laughs> they were just waiting for him. They, hey, they had, a, a, I don't know how many of them. How many of those people took the bow so they wouldn't eat unless Billy was dead? It was a good handful of them. I don't know, maybe 20 of them. We're not going to eat until that man's dead. So they go, they go there to the Roman legion and say, hey, bring him out here. We want to hear. We want to question him. They were going to kill him. That's, what, that's it. They followed him all the way there to the Roman legion. And there he was on the steps wanting to speak to him. And they hated him because he was taking the doctrine to the Gentiles. Well, you guys don't believe it, but you don't want him taking it to the Gentiles. Yep, all this goes back to that Ptolemy school of thought. It really does. That's the loose ends of it. Okay, since there is no one wanting to uh, question out there, speak. I'll just sign off here today. So, from quiet Benzie and Bo. The Midget, Big Ed, Harriet, and myself. The Holy Ghost go with every one of you. Bye-bye.